Alrighty, this week's bonus of popcorn. We've got the uh, the Damned United, the 2009 film that covers uh, about Brian Clough and his career, in particular his time at Leeds United, but as well as other parts of his uh, of his career. Uh, so if you don't want this film spoiled, it's kind of weird to do a spoiler alert for a movie that's based on some very well-known real uh, sports stuff. But yeah, if you don't know much about it and you would like to uh, see the film before you hear us talk about it, then go and watch The Damned United. It's really damned good. Uh, otherwise, let's move on with the podcast. Uh, Shay, how do you react when I say you're podcasting wrong? We'll ask you how you think it ought to be done, and then we get down to it, and we talk for 20 minutes, and then we decide I was right. In 1973, England's most beloved soccer coach was Don Revy. Best manager in the country, Don Revy. Prepares a file on every game. Leaves nothing to chance. They're here. But one man would change everything. Welcome to Derby, Don. Pleasure to meet you. I'm Brian Cross. I have to beat him, Pete. Beat him if it's the last thing I do. Now, the story of a legend. Who do you bloody think you are? Brian Clough. Because I won't eat and won't sleep until I've taken whatever that man's achieved and beaten it. I told you, never is over my head again. I've no choice. Do we want best for the club? That'd be my club, Brian. You've done it all by bloody cheating. You're going to have to work and change. There's no point unless you want to beat the best. Wait and see Don Brevy do that, eh? And be the best. That's all over with you, Pete. No ambition. We have to part company. Fine, it'll cost you 25 grand. That's the trouble with you, Brian. Too much ambition. Don't show your face here again. County without me. Oh. No league title, not without Brian Clough. Full stop. Come on! What about McGovern? He was useless. Whose idea was that? Yours. <laughs> this fella talks too much to say he's another Muhammad Ali. Now, Clough, I've had enough. Stop it. Are you going to stop it? No, I'm going to find him. <laughs> campiones, campiones, ole, ole, ole. Heard that live. Heard that live on uh, whatever day that was last week. Yes, this is the Liverpool, I mean the Pints of Popcorn <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this week with Shay, my usual partner in crime on this one. Uh, coming at you with me in the nighttime this time. We're flipping them back and forth a fair bit lately um, because work schedules are... Nuts, um, for lack of a better better word. <laughs> um, we're opening up back up down here. Everyone else is closing back. I don't even know what's happening in the world right now. Um, apart from the fact that Liverpool are champions and Shay decided. Uh, to yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're going to regret this like really quickly. He suggested, hey, let's yeah. this, this this week's film, he suggested uh, to talk about some football, uh, The Damned United, the 2009 film from Tom Hooper yep. and... Obviously, based on the Damn United book um, for uh, David Pierce, um, based on the Damn United period <laughs> of life for Brian Clough um, and the rivalry between him and Don Revy, and and you know their, their lives at large, but um, centered around the ill-fated forty-four day period that um, 
Brian Clough spent at Leeds United as their manager um, and otherwise illustrious career um, with a weird little weird little blip in the middle that is um, uh, still a, a you know a real fun part of football history is that um, a manager as esteemed as him um, and what he did go on to do afterwards was even more impressive you know he had a real great stint at Derby and but then he went on for an even more impressive stint at Nottingham Forest afterwards but yeah, you suggested this one for me because, uh, for us, uh, because of um, obviously my my happiness in football. Finally, finally seeing my team after twenty years clinch the um, first division title in England. Um, so, where am I? Where am I? Shaking? Did it twenty? Was it twenty or thirty? My twenty year wait. I yeah. Oh okay. yeah. <laughs> my mum said that to me too. She's like, "Haven't you been waiting thirty years?" And I was like, "That's a little bit." Dis- <laughs> I was like, that's a bit disingenuous, Mum. I was two when they last won the title. I didn't know what it was. I like, I, I, my way. I've been a fan for twenty years. Like it was around the turn of the century that I jumped on board with uh, Michael Owen and Steve McManaman and then a young Gerard and those kind of blokes getting around. So, um, yeah, Mecca. My, yeah, my wait has been about twenty years. Um, obviously, um, fair enough. Yeah. Still a long time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm wearing my uh, Shankly jacket right now. Getting. The time, the time frame of the film with the Liverpool, like you know, it's a, yeah, it's Shankly. Yeah, Shankly. those Leeds training kits are pretty sick that yeah. they have in the film. Is that the ones with the admiral in the front? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, well, there's a couple of them because they have purple ones too that are sick. Yeah, yeah, there's some really. Which I don't even understand because that's not really their color, but maybe it was back then. Yeah, so there was a did a bit, did a bit of research before we get into the film um, about uh, the colors because you kind of made me intrigued about looking it up and they're actually a blue and yellow was their predominant colors which is still in their badge um yeah was their predominant colors until uh 61 when revy came in and revy actually changed their kits to all white um some say and the popular notion is that he wanted to emulate kind of the real madrid mystique um but you can say that with his success uh, um and you know unfortunately for his career he didn't ever emulated the uh domestic success in europe but um, they certainly were a successful team under Revy's leadership there, and um, but yeah, there was the popular notion that it was because of Real Madrid. So that's when they changed to from and then the purple. I I didn't actually find, I I got sidetracked by the the change to white right. from. Uh, but yeah, they do show. I think that there's one of the games that they're playing away that they're in um, the blue shirts and yellow shorts, which is yeah, like, um, yeah, their original kits. Uh, but yeah, the film. Certainly, some nice historical details in there, and made us certainly made you text me during the film and say, "Is this what they, you know, like asking me questions?" <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's what's fun about films like this is it stokes those, uh, you know, for guys like us that love history, um, any form of history, but you know, sports history in particular is something that um, you know melds a couple of our interests, obviously, with sports and history to to kind of look into these things um, as we're watching a film like this and. Um, I guess my introduction to this film was when it on cable in the US back in 2011ish very a couple of years after it came out I just it was late one night I was watching it um doing some study and st- <laughs> yeah <laughs> how hard am I studying when I get caught up in a film like this but um maybe I was just looking for the excuse but I saw this come on late at night I remember I remember hearing about it and not and knowing a bit of bit of footy history I knew who Clough and Revy were and I was like oh this film's meant to be really good I was a big um, I, I think I'm a bigger fan of Michael Sheen than you are um, as an actor. But, yeah, I like um, him in this film yeah. quite a bit. Um, so I, I jump, I you know watch this, and it's it, the romanticism for football that this film made me feel in that late night moment. I was probably it was probably midnight. I was watching it and having some wine, and 
you know, just you know, seeing the mud and the grit and the grime, but the um, <laughs> the the beauty at the same time of these stadiums. Um, you know, I love I like you know I love football of all f- forms. Um, you know, whether it be a flashy state, some of the be- most beautiful stadiums in the world I've been to, and then, but then some of the you know the the old school um, you know mud, yeah. muddy pitches and stuff. There's a r- certain uh, you have to be a I guess you have to be a real football fan to get it, but. Um, I like when they yeah. spliced in the old footage a bit, mm. and the field was just absolute shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it is in the film. So yeah, and also the shot, the old shot they have of Old Wembley. It was really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, they even mentioned just, it. like how far it's come since then. Yeah. but back then it was probably still viewed as like this, you know, coliseum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wembley's always had this mystique about it, and yeah, it's right. Only, um, yeah. It's one of those weird, weird times in football history. Get when you look back on those those five years when they were redoing it, and the FA Cup was played at Cardiff. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Gerard, the Gerard final was you know played in Wales, not even at Wembley. So it's yeah. Um, but and yeah. she wore a yellow. She wore a yellow face mask on the very month of May. <laughs> and when asked about, I don't know the total song, but it's about Arsenal going to Wembley. <laughs> But we've changed it to face mask (laughs) (laughs) instead of ribbon. She wore a yellow ribbon, classic Arsenal song for all of our success at Wembley. So yeah, I'd have to. So all soccer fans listening to this, give that uh, a listen because Arsenal is going to Wembley. Maybe that's why I suggested this. (laughs) There is that too. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. Manchester City, you've got, isn't it? Mm, Yeah, Um, I suggested (laughs) this. I suggested this before. Yeah. That as long as David Luiz doesn't play against City, I think, you know. Just, just the last it. time Arsenal won the FA Cup, which is only a few years ago, they beat City in the semis. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. And, you know, Much better side, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Because um, it's literally City's. Well, City's got the Champions League to play for, too. This isn't a sports But that's job. in a white. That's yeah. so far away. Yeah. That's going to be weird this year, too, the whole tournament thing with that. Um you know, just null and void it. It's fine. We're all good now. <laughs> no, I think there should be another winner. I'm not. I'm not uh, sitting around with Liverpool as champions of Europe. For oh two yeah. Years. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I will say, yeah, you guys lost fair and square before. Oh yeah, no, the I'm whole not world mad. Went tits up. I'm not mad about that. I'm mad that the game went ahead because of the yeah, uh, the obvious like the all the Madrid fans flooding in carrying the Coronas, but. Um. Anyway, back, uh, back. yeah, that's why you're mad. It happened. <laughs> yeah, Klopp was mad during the game. He's like yelling at people for holding their hands out. You know. Oh, I remember. Yeah, but those are like Liverpool fans, like sticking their hands out to like high five him. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you insane people!" Uh, later. That's always weirded me out. Anyways, like people reaching for high fives. It's like, what are you getting out of that? Especially a half. Maybe time. if I was. Especially at yeah. halftime of game at the f- at full time when the you know the results done people are pumped maybe but you know you know I can see myself doing it because uh, usually because I'm very very deep in my cups knackered yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, deep in my cups as I have been a lot of times that I've watched the damn United because it's one of those movies I like to have beer like uh, I was talking about the romance uh, the romance of football that it brings into the film there's a lot of I guess we can talk, um, start off with 
Because the two main characters in this film, obviously, well, you get uh, Peter Taylor, Clough's assistant, is a very major part. I would of say it's it's more about the bromance, yeah, than anything else between those two. I think it's about bromance and and the drive to succeed versus. There's a lot of you know it's the balancing act of life is what this film is to me because um, we certainly see that he it kind of shows that he has to he. He starts at the f- the film starts off with him being you know when they get the get the FA Cup draw with Leeds to come to um to down to Derby, um, and he's super excited. He's polishing, you know, he's getting it, and it's a really nice right. it's a really nice sequence of like the old school look of a club. You know, everyone getting their hands. You know, he's going to the the ladies smoking their cigarettes, the cleaning ladies right. behind the wall, and. <laughs> You know, talking to the talking to the guy, the the groundskeeper, with um, with your favorite line, <laughs> your favorite line of the film. Um, Can't fucking train on it then. <laughs> uh, it's a really nice look into how that side of football, the grassroots of football, is, um, and and Clough at that time in the film um, is really just excited and exuberant and and there's no no hint of his like he's obviously a young manager driven. He wants to succeed, but he's He's excited about the sport, and there's no, um, there's none of that, you know, that jaded, jaded side of him that comes after that meeting with Ray. All of that's, all that's to come. But there's this pure love for the game and the sport in that moment, and and everything that comes with it. That's really one of my favorite little parts. Like, you know, I've got a lot of favorite parts of the film, but one of that that sequence where either where they find out they've got the, you know, <laughs> throw the chips in the bin, we're going on going yeah. to going to dinner on Uncle Sam. We're going posh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I love all that stuff. And it's like a first kind of you know, you can break the film down into sequences of when when Clough is, you know, young and excited, um, young and jaded, a little bit older and jaded, and then when he finally figures things out at the end. But um yeah, it's it's the start of the film is a really nice look into the the grassroots of football that we are a, a sport that um Despite all the the bells and whistles that we have now, that we do love, you know, there's a lot of that we love. There's a lot of it we hate. But the the grassroots of the game is just what what it, what you see there, and and it's really a really cool um, sequence and kind of sets the film up really well. I also just love like when they're stretching and stuff. How ridiculous! Like when they do the fake header stuff. I don't know if soccer players still do that, but it's such a funny stretch to me. Like when players <laughs> are like running out of the tunnel and they like. Especially like they the do, tall, they, like they you do, do that like jump, they do that jump and just like yeah. They do their jump and then like flick their head to the left or the right, like that, like the Irishman from uh, from Leeds does it, yeah. and it's just like good god, <laughs> that's not helping anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, it shows how far soccer's come as well. Even though like they do splice in those highlights from back in the day, and it does look like a pretty good product um, back then, even because you like. Now you can kind of get confused at how how athletic everybody is and how hard they hit, hit the ball and everything. Um, and you can watch some soccer highlights from back then, and it looks like they're playing with like a medicine ball as a soccer ball. Yeah. So it's always nice to have perspective on how far the games come, but how talented those guys still were back then. Just kind of a different game. Yeah. Well, they show um, there's a little bit of Liverpool in the film, and. Um... Yep. Yeah. Um, the charity show. Charity show. Um, and they show uh, Bremner you know, right right hooking uh, Kevin Keegan, who who takes his shirt off on the field and shows that he has the rig the rig of a modern footballer. So and he certainly, yeah. he certainly <laughs> was a footballer who um, really was uh, one of the best in the world at the time. Um, he 
pretty sure he won the Ballon d'Or or something like that. So, something like that. I could be wrong. Did he? But, um, yeah, you can look that up while we're going. Uh, so did both of those guys get kicked out of the match then for that little spat? Yeah, yeah. I think Bremner got the uh, the real harsh suspension though for the bringing the game and disrepute thing. Um, right. Yeah. Um, well, and he's played brilliantly by Stephen Graham, who is always great in everything he does. Is a scouser, is a Liverpool fan as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. We're everywhere, Shay. Um, <laughs> I'm just, like, looking through it. He's been in, like, every big movie, like, recently. Who's um, that? Uh, Stephen Graham. Yeah. He like, he's going to be in the new Venom. He was in The Irishman. He was in Rocket Man. He's in Hellboy. Like he's all over the place, but he's yeah. very good in this. He's always good, but yeah, yeah. Um, I like dogs. Um, <laughs> dogs. <laughs> oh, you mean dogs? But yeah, the uh, the film like uh, you were saying about the um how the how it shows the sport um how it was back then and how hard it was. The other thing is the the, sm- the smoking and drink. I've I've been to a few event, right. events where former Liverpool players have talked, and me and Andrea on our honeymoon did a thing where we did this ultimate Anfield experience thing where we did kickabout with um, David Johnson and uh, uh, John Aldridge, and Johnson was obviously part of the seventies era, or Aldridge was late eighties. So Johnson had the real experience of what it was like to be a seventies Liverpool footballer and. You know, winning European Cups and flying all and and how they played professional football with how they drank back then is yeah. astounding <laughs> to me because they talked. One of the stories he told in that uh, this little conference room, in it, like where we had lunch with them and stuff, was like they had to they they got just completely blind. I can't remember if it was a training trip to Spain because they used to just go to Spain for little training trips and whatever. But I can't remember if it was they were there for a trip like that or if it was a game either way they went out and got completely lit on one night before they had to fly back to liverpool from spain and they said terry terry mcdermott just wouldn't wake up in the morning and so they just carried him onto the plane he slept the whole way back to liverpool and then they carried him off the plane in liverpool and he woke up and was just like oh is this the hotel or where and they're like no we're back in liverpool <laughs> and he's just, oh, he just everything he, he impressive was, yeah and i'm just like and these guys play and he was a fucking one of the best midfielders in the world terry mcdermott so yeah um many aspects of the the pitches they played on which um as, as you said they can't fucking train on those like just the sloppy because it's just the drain the, the way we've modernized the game and how you know drainage in stadiums and Obviously, you know, just the way we can take care of pitches now that they have like the fucking massive lights that they've just got there constantly. Right. So, you know, even in the middle of it, when they haven't seen the sun in weeks, they can have artificial sunlight on the fields. Yeah, to have the standard of football they had then, um, obviously, um, and, you know, it's even in injuries, unfortunately, would end, you know, Clough career, um, he was a, you know, 250 goal career striker. Like uh, he was a really, right. really good player, but his career was ended by an ACL at the age of 29. Whereas if you did your ACL at the age of 29 now, yeah, you might come back with a step loss, but you're going to come back and you're going to, you might have a decent career still. So, um, and the pitch, the shitty pitches are probably why he tore his ACL running yeah. on like on the ground for season after season. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's um yeah, it would have been fascinating to be a part of, you know, just be a fan back then. Um, let alone the fact that you could get into the games. Um, you know, obviously inflation, all those things uh, is it's all relative. But tickets are still a lot cheaper relative to what they are now. And um, yeah, yeah, um, there's a yeah, the romantic sense of what sport and football was at that time is um really cool to see in a film like this and something that what part of what brings me coming back to it all the time. Um, yeah, I was pretty happy when you suggested. I only watched it probably six months ago. <laughs> yeah, and you suggested. I was like, I, yeah, I'll watch it a couple of times again. <laughs> yeah, I've watched it. I think three times in the last two days. But uh, it's just shot so well that you can pick it up in any part and um, go from there because they do segment it and kind of almost make it in a Pulp Fiction way. <laughs> but uh, I mean, not really in a Pulp Fiction way, but kind of. Um. Yeah. Yeah. How did you how did you feel like so you you said yourself that you don't know the history as much like how how do you feel it, it is as in we'll get into some of the, the fictionalized aspects versus the historical accuracy of it afterwards but um just as uh I guess an educational piece for you how did you find it as like giving you a thoroughfare into that that history of um you know Clough and Revy and if it, it's it's Clough's film so it was good. I mean, it really takes you back in time, kind of like we've already talked about, about just what football was like back then and how bare bones it was at, at some places. And again, like how much evolution has happened in soccer with teams coming up and being, you know, Leeds and Derby. They're not, <laughs> I don't even know where, I think Derby's in League One now and um, Leeds is at the top of the championship, but they're not in the Premier League right now. So, yeah. and they, those were teams that were dominating the Premier League back then. Well, I mean, Derby did one year, but even after that, Klopp went to Nottingham Forest and then dominated there. So it's just crazy how we have a big four in English football or big six, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, who knows what it's going to look like in 20 years. Yeah. Um, Derby's in the championship by the way, as well. They're in, oh, okay. they're going okay. They, they, that's where Lampard was before he went to Chelsea and he almost got, a yeah, win, yeah, I knew. So, yeah. So they're going, isn't, okay. isn't Wayne Rooney involved with them in some capacity or is that, no, he's, he's involved. Is he there? Is he? No, I think he's somewhat different, actually. But yeah, there is. He is. He is a player manager somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, I thought so. Oh no, he is a derby. There you go. I yeah, thought, I thought he was a shit, but yeah, but he is a derby anyway. So I think Lampard was somewhere else. Maybe I don't know. No, he was a he was a derby beforehand. Like, because this is like two years now, almost. Because Lampard's been at Chelsea for a good amount of time. You got the Derby Nottingham Forest Derby coming up um, this weekend too, so that's kind of Derby Nottingham Forest Derby. Yeah, um, he was a big, twenty big match that one. Yeah, so I, I keep, believe it. Some someone to keep an eye out for for anyone that likes watching Championship, which I do. Um, yeah, it's uh, the history it gives you. Um, there is a lot of, uh, I guess we can talk about now. There is a lot of inaccuracies with the film. Um, the Clough family, the book, it's actually not so much the film. The book was apparently, I haven't read it. Um, there's a lot more negative on Clough, I guess. It, I mean, the writer, he said that he was writing a book that was like, um, he wanted to write a book that was, it was about the 
about this period, and he and he took some, I guess, liberties with how he wrote it. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a strictly documentary style book. It was a a book set at that time. Um, but he, I guess, he portrayed Clough a little bit more of uh, some of his alcohol drinking and smoking at the time of the of all these events. Um, and just his they definitely covered that in the movie, though. Yeah. Like him calling Revy. <laughs> at like Drunk. 5 a.m. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. like light outside the window, yeah. They won't play for I mean, they on. do show that he likes to drink. I don't think it is like, yeah, they this show is what I'm is saying like is that really the, clever yeah. and like witty and stuff, but they don't paint him in the best picture, I don't think. Yeah, like, well, he comes across like, as an asshole a lot of the times, especially when it comes to Peter Taylor. Yeah. Well, this is what I'm mean, I mean, getting get to. Peter Taylor. The, the, the book is. The book is more uh, negative about him. Apparently, the the Clough family did really didn't like it, um, and pretty much disassoci- disassociated themselves from the book. When the movie was being written, the the fan the guys that were, you know, producing the movie and writing the movie went to the family and um, tried to t- get them to be a part of it because they were like, no, we're going to try and and they and they say what they did with writing the films. They wanted they tried to portray Clough. You know, they get they threw some of that drinking stuff in there, but they they tried to portray him in a in a better light, which I think the film does a good job. It, it shows a flawed but a flawed but passionate character is how I would put it. Um, yeah, yeah, and and you know that's something we've talked about in this podcast before is that is real humanity is that, um, and in particular when we talk about football managers, which we can in a bit too, is like you know football managers are often eccentric creatures. Um, the best of them are, you know, we look at look at the modern guys, you know, the Mourinho's, the 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 Ferguson's, the the um, uh, the Klopp, <laughs> Benitez, those guys. They're all like had their, um, you know, we're not talking they're nuts. They're just they've got eccentricities and. Um, right it's what it takes to be you know and it's and it's across any sport really um you know you look at uh you know, that college football yeah <laughs> just dickhead dickhead coaches <laughs> yeah they even you know some of the college football coaches they've often they're often so singular minded that i'm reading an article about college football coaches like a half of them are single because they can't fucking deal with having a partner so they just they just devote themselves to football completely well it's that and just how much time it takes and yeah, it's a yeah. Yeah, um, it's a, of a profession. Yeah, and they show that in this film as well, which with Peter and Cloth talking on, you know, what I assume is a Sunday dinner, <laughs> talking about something that they could easily could have talked about later, I guess. No, well, that was a signing, and they left that straight away at that moment to drive to uh, Dave Mackay's house to sign him. I guess that's fair. Yeah, yeah. but then he becomes manager. Yeah, another in, uh, another inaccuracy from the film is that they Dave Dave Mackay actually um, I can't remember if he sued or went after the film for um, basically portraying that he uh, he w- he was had left the club and was at Nottingham Forest at the time when he took the Derby job, so he wasn't at but the the film, oh, okay. the film kind of insinuates he's at Derby and then gets offered the job and takes it. Um, yeah, as, as like I guess they never say that he like left the team after. No, and that's what like he, he basically yeah. just yeah. One of those things that happened with the film was that he did attack them, um, sued the sued the the company, um, left bank pictures. I'm guessing he didn't win. No, he uh, <laughs> he did. I think um, won an apology and undisclosed damages from left bank pictures because they did they you know they when you look at the way it's portrayed, it's like. It is. It does kind of. They do because even Clough in the film, he he kind of says, "What's he? 
the fat fuck or something. Like I gave him a sign yeah. or something. He says like it really does try to insinuate that there's like this mutiny from inside kind of thing. You know, yeah. one, or one player's gone rogue, whereas he wasn't even at the club at the time, like in real life. Which you know, it's also a- just like not a good picture of Makai that whole film. I mean, the dude <laughs> plays like kind of a bumbling idiot in it, and like a brute, I guess. And then he gets thrown under the bus after they lose to Leeds in that opening, that 5-0 match. Mm. So, yeah, I can imagine him not being happy. Plus, just like the pride of being being a, a footballer back then, probably want your, your truth told. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're just a, you know, a lot of players at this time probably didn't expect them to be, um, to be their characters to be all mortalized in film, but then they didn't realize that the, I guess they're just players, but they realize they've lived under some some iconic managers, and these stories are going to be told. But yeah, there's the uh, the other one, like Johnny Giles. Um, I think sued. I can't remember if he went after the film or uh, the book. I think he actually went after the book itself. Uh, Johnny Giles, the Irishman. Um, <laughs> right. He he basically went after the book as well and said his portrayal in the book was um yeah not not fair and and actually won so... and it got slightly rewritten afterwards to uh to basically and account for the fact that it is a fictionalized um you know sensationalized depiction of who who he, was, who he actually was so yeah yeah one we need a george best movie two <laughs> that man was full of quotes yeah it'd be like this film but like more like hollywood i guess i don't know but did the leads players like actually kind of refused to play for cloth not refused but like in the movie obviously this bremner throws him under the bus and asks him to leave mm-hmm. um, the room before he gets fired so the intricate details of him being asked to leave the room that i don't know but they were they said that the vote of no confidence definitely happened yeah okay now the the interview the actual interview with cloth on tv um that with him and revy Clough is very much, uh, he's very, he basically said, he says, I, I believe all these players were playing for me because why wouldn't they? They're out in the field as professional footballers. Why wouldn't they? I, I believe, uh, he actually doesn't really, he doesn't throw any of them under the bus in that sense, but then he did. Then, so he basically says, yes, I believe, why wouldn't I believe they're not playing for me? And then the interviewer goes, well, do you, did the no, vote of no confidence happen? He goes, yes, it did. Absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know how much they could have been playing for the guy, but... Um, yeah, Honestly, this film just re- reminds me so much of the uh, post-Ferguson Moyes era at United at the other United. I know there's yeah. a bunch of Uniteds, but Manchester, like when Ferguson, they're all, like I used to think, shit the Uniteds. To be honest, not, yeah, <laughs> don't, don't rate them. Except Lane United, but uh, <laughs> where are the yeah? There's something. They popped a, had a video on their uh, Instagram story the other day. I, I screen recorded it to send to you, and I forgot to send it. I will. Um, yeah, I follow them, so yeah. I probably saw it. Yeah, they posted that their first goal, and I was like, fuck, we're at that game. That's cool. Yeah, I know, yeah. I was wearing red pants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but when Ferguson like used to come into the stadium during Moyes games and even Giggs games, um, it just seemed like it's so annoying. Yeah. Like, it felt exactly like the scene in this film where the whole fans and even the players are, like, waving to mm-hmm. their old manager. And, you know, Brebner even does, like, the captain salute to um, 
Revy. And Revy, and and Revy like, does it better. Like, he, he acknowledges it too. Like, yeah, yeah if, you're in that, if you're in that position as a genuine just observer, you're not you, you're going to try and not big yourself up. And Revy, Revy takes it in. So, yeah. Exactly. And Ferguson did as well, I think. Oh, yeah. It just reminds me so much of that because Moyes, like, twat. <laughs> Moyes is, was definitely a lame duck. But I mean, still a Premier League manager, but he does remind me of Klopp without like the wit and the the banter a little bit. Just like he was so helpless at United, just kind of how Klopp was at its, uh, Leeds. Mm-hmm. So I just think the parallels there. Yeah, and I think that's what makes this movie so. Besides Klopp actually so being well a done. decent manager, whereas Moyes was terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, or is he at West Ham now? Is he anywhere? Or Villa. I think he's in the Premier League still. I thought I saw him the other week. I drank a lot in June, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Um, yeah, he's at West Ham right now. Right. He wants the chance to build a new history. They are in 17th place. <laughs> 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 they're out of the relegation zone. He had, like ten, he, had ten, he had ten years at Everton, and the best he could do was get them above Liverpool. The year that Liverpool won the European Cup and made made it into the Champions League, anyway. Um, yeah, that's one. Wow, shade, shade. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna get onto how this film portrays. Well, let's talk about the... Um, actually, the one thing you were, t- you were talking about before that I wanted to bring up uh, on a filmmaking style thing, um, there's a definite style to this film that I love, the camera shots, and the one that always sticks out to me when I watch it, and you were talking about this, the Don, Don when Don Revy's in the stand, and the crowd's going, there's only one Don Revy. And yeah. Like, it's this camera's centered on Michael Sheen uh, as yeah. <laughs> sitting in the dugout, and he kind of is just like, oh, fuck this shit. And, just, <laughs> yeah. and like on either side of him, perfectly symmetrical. The shot is just so well set up. There's like you can see the fans behind him in the glass, and they're all pointing and shout like chanting. Yeah. You're only one. There's only one Don Revy. A couple of flags in the stands, like you know, yeah. it cloth out and stuff. And just a really well shot film. Um, it's it's beautiful. Like you know, so many of the scenes are you know you know dank change rooms and and you know uh misty you know tunnels into the stadiums um yeah you know mud, muddy muddy football games on on under floodlit pitches and you know none of it none of it's beautiful in the sense of what you know traditional beauty is but uh, as far as like our love for football obviously but then just beautiful filmmaking it's really it's really really just beautiful to watch you can't take it it's one of those films that when you look at it on paper it's like oh this is going to be boring like a film about football managers, football manager rivalry in the seventies of football, and you know, da, you know, you'd, you'd think, oh, it's going to look, you know, but it's a testament to the filmmakers to find the beauty and the, and how to make those shots so vibrant in in their in their darkness, I guess. Yeah, there's the shot um, when he goes to see Peter at the end of the film, and it honestly reminds me of the shot in Moonrise Kingdom where the two children meet each other from far away, and one of them walks into the frame. Yeah. Except it's just in this, it's in this sports movie. It's just this beautiful shot that's down. Like they're almost in France and <laughs> you can just see the shot and it's a wide, <laughs> it's a wide shot and uh, Sheen just walks into it and it's just like, yeah, this is great. And also there's a lot of con- continuity in it where 
um, if you look at the lighting when he t- when he talks to Peter about like who he should buy for Leeds after Bremner gets suspended, and then later when he drunkenly calls Revy in the morning, it's both like blue light with like pink undertones, and it just like two of his lowest moments in the film, and they use the same lighting for it. So mm-hmm. it's not. It, this goes well beyond a sports movie, and there obviously are sports scenes and that, that they really church up, like when uh, Leeds beats the hell out of Darby before they go to Juventus. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. You uh, you sent me that Snapchat of the um that shot of the blue and that kind of blue and pink. Um, no, it's almost like a, a faint neon light on uh, Michael. Yeah, it's just so yeah, it's such a beautiful shot that I hadn't even you know one that I hadn't picked up on myself watching before, but it's just. It's always what's good when you have different eyes on a film, um, seeing the different part, ways of seeing it. And, and lots of wine. So. That'll do it. Oh, Guinness for me right now. Woo! Campiones, campiones. Um, <laughs> she, she's going to punch me through the FaceTime screen. Um, yeah, it's... it's it's be- uh, Everything about the film... I think this is why the film captures you so much is that the, it's beautifully shot and then it's beautifully written as well. It's wonderfully written. So witty, the band, like the, yeah. it's very English in that sense. Um, you know, there's a, there's a uniqueness to how, you know, it's, it's how, how films being written is, you know, Australian films have their certain quirks, um, American certainly. And, uh, you know, this, this being a quintessentially British film uh, about British football and at a very British time for football. Um, you know, when, when football really was British, um, there as well. Um, you know, it's it's you know, the just the yeah, we were talking about it I think off air, uh, the, the the banter back and forth between um this is again the part early in the movie where uh, yeah, they're waiting for Don Revy's leads to turn up for their FA Cup match and um, you know, yeah, Clough's waxing lyrical about oh Revy he prefers a dossier about every opponent. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and then Peter's just standing right next to him, he's a superstitious twat. And like yeah. it's just, and it's just the sharpness of how they bounce back and forth, and the, and the sh- and obviously their performance and delivery of the lines is is what makes them great. But certainly the writing um, lends itself to it as well. And that shows the dichotomy of that partnership that they have yeah. because um, Cloth is kind of like in awe of Revy, whereas Peter is just kind of like whatever. He's just a manager who who's. Uh, I don't know, more bark than his bite, I guess, is what, kind of what he's hinting at. Mm. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about, um, obviously, and I'll get into the history, Did you? Does how does the film lend you to th- feel about those Leeds United teams? Because it's certainly, it's, we certainly hear a lot about how uh, Clough feels about them, um, and, and it's certainly, this is a part of the film that is very historically accurate as well. Um, Clough does... He does. Clark yeah. did respect those. T- um, I think the latter Leeds teams that uh, went up, but they're certainly a long part of that. You know, it's it's very they're known as dirty Leeds because of the Don Revy's you know run through there. Um, right, and that's how obviously I think they were portrayed, and how I I view those teams, especially when they show the old. I mean, they put the old footage in there, like we've already talked about. Yeah, it, yeah, like brand, yeah, punching brand. a guy. <laughs> so it's like. I mean, now if that happened, like you'd be suspended for who even knows how long. Yeah, you got a, you got eight games or something then. So yeah, well, if, yeah. I mean, they say eleven in the film. Um, yeah, it's like a five hundred pound fine, and then um, 
he's suspended until sub- like, September 30th. Yeah. And it's like, so that was, I think, 11 matches is what, maybe just eight league matches and then mm-hmm. three cups or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that also really hurt Quaff at Leeds, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Played into him not being able to uh, succeed there. And I mean, six weeks isn't long enough for any like manager to do anything. Yeah. Granted, it's more than Emery should have got this year, but still. As <laughs> uh, again, it's I'll, I'll I'll put the link to the YouTube video that has the full interview between um, actual like Clough and Revy at Yorkshire Television after Clough was sacked because it's fascinating to hear two managers that had there's a begrudging respect there, but you can also see there's a disdain for their views on football. Um, and they do argue, they argue about like, as you know, Clough says, well, I had Bremner suspended immediately. I didn't know. And Revy starts going, well, you had him. You could have played him there. And then Re- Clough goes, no, he got injured for a week. And Revy goes, well, you had this guy. You didn't even play him. And they're just back and forth. Like at one point, they can almost like two manage two friends, almost like you and me at a pub having a sports disagreement. <laughs> you and me at a pub having a sports disagreement was how they were in this interview. And it was really fascinating to see that these two guys clearly cared about. Now, I am... Um, I certainly I'm on the side that you know the Clough certain Clough's views on football and and the game is where I lend myself to I'm, I'm very much a you know beautiful game but I I do also know that you sometimes you just got to do what it takes to win but I think rare, the Leeds teams that we've portrayed in this film do you know take it too far you know the rough and tumble and the uh, and the the stud and you know they genuinely were known as a very incredibly dirty team. They 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 had a lot of suspensions, a lot of red, you know, yellows and reds, and um, you know that's a that's a side of the game we don't want to see. You know, it's um something <laughs> Shay's gonna hate me again. It's a point of, <laughs> but it is a point of pride that Liverpool have been um top of the fair play table over the last couple of years as well. Like because the, the football is speaking for it. You know, they're not. They're not playing the cynical, cynical football that, and that's part of part of what you know makes you. It honestly, after thirty years, would have taken a league win of one nil wins and snapping legs, but it feels <laughs> it feels it feels a bit better getting it the right way. You know what I mean? I would like, like to counter this with Arsenal is the most booked club in England this year, um, most yellows and reds, and yet we've only. We as an Arsenal have only, I don't know the word for this, attempted the 14th amount of tackles in the league. 14th most of tackles of, in the league. So you tell me. I think we're being targeted right now. I don't understand why. <laughs> it's because David Luiz is on your team. It's very easy. <laughs> God damn it. It's bullshit. It's horseshit. I submit the Brighton footage for for review. <laughs> yeah, I Fucking look. There is there other news. There is um, teams do get uh, you know reputations, but I don't don't know where Arsenal would get a reputation from for being. I think it's just yeah, my, oh, just it might Blasenach be and Jaka. Yeah. And it's probably it's probably just, Socrates. There is some there is some wild gangly. Um, you know, young horses there that don't know how to use their legs, and that's probably the problem. When Doozy definitely doesn't, but like I feel like they're qu- kind of like Chara is in uh, for MLS, how they're quick to give a, him a card mm-hmm. for everything he does. Arsenal somehow has that reputation this season, and I do not like it. 
I don't like it with Chara either. I don't like reputation cards. No, neither do I. We we get that a bit in Australian football as well, not Australian Football League, um, Aussie Rules Football. There are certain players that um, will do a dirty dirty tackle and not get suspended because they've got a reputation as being a good player and it'll be the same player will do. Another player will do the same tackle the next day in a different game and because they have a reputation as a dirty player, they've immediately got a week suspension. It's like, no, they did the same thing. Like, treat it like, you know, it's very... Yeah, I'm a socialist though, so... (laughs) 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 I don't get it. Um, But, yeah, back to the the film. Um, Yeah, I I certainly, my... And I think, you know, a lot of football history will stand up and say that, you know, Don... Well, Revy deserves the respect um, of, you know, being, you know, having a great run. uh, But there's there's certainly that that stigma of the dirty leads isn't going to go away. Um, that's, That's history. And Clough's football um, was celebrated, so um, I think that's it's something that I do like. In, in the, it does show both in the film um, when they're having that interview with Ravi and Clough where he says, I believe in fairies and, good right. and beautiful <laughs> football. And, and he, he, has that, he says that in real life in this, in this interview as well. Again, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and that's kind of like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a you know, believer in high powers and whatnot, but I do believe in a spiritual love for the game. Um, my love for football is very deep and intertwined into the, the fabric of it. And um, I do, like, I love expressive, uh, I love football that expresses whatever the, if you have a manager and and the football that's on the field, kind of, you feel a, you feel a connection between manager and player and, and club, like, um, that's what I love about football is when it, it is a game that, um, we've talked about it with basketball as well. As I think basketball, you know, players are very, you know, their games can be very expressive about who they are. Um, you know, certain sports that don't allow that, but football is certainly one of those ones that is really, you know, because it's a collective thing um, with the 11 players on the pitch and then the manager, but then you've got the individual players that you can um, individualize into their roles. And then the manager puts his imprint on that entire entire enterprise. It's a really a game full of expression from that is so individual in certain parts, but then the manager's expression uh, the manager's imprint on it is there and just I love I love that part of it. I love that Clough um his you know stamp on football history is unique to him. And that's that's part of the film that I love is that it shows his eccentricities, his personality, his um, and Michael Sheen just does such a wonderful job of playing him. Absolutely, and uh, Arsenal on our crest it says Victor- Victoria Concordia Crescent, which means victory through harmony, mm-hmm. which is um, hopefully the style of play they're going to get back. But I think that was definitely the style of play under Arsene Wenger, absolutely, who was a person personality himself um, in his own way. Obviously, not as a I don't know. We're just, <laughs> he wasn't as in your face as Clough, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely his own man. Um, so I think, yeah, we're definitely in agreement with that, uh, you know, that harmonious side of, of all of sport, whether it's momentum, um, which could be, you know, an offshoot of harmony is momentum. When, when you're all feeling the same feeling, then that leads to momentum and then the momentum changes the game often. So there is just like it's not supernatural. It's just nat- It's this natural feeling. Um, I mean, we we've played sports not professionally or anywhere close, but uh, you know, 
there is such a thing as in the zone. There's a thing of, you know where your teammate's going to be before he even does it. You know what pitch is going to come next. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not again. It's not supernatural. It's natural. And if you believe in that kind of stuff and you want to get that feeling on a team, um, then I don't know why you would be considered anything other than you know just a, a sane manager. But I guess back in the seventies, it was viewed at as looking at fairies or. <laughs> believing in fairies yeah yeah i mean there's different managers like um you know shankly at liverpool was very much an idealist as well that um he he was very much um you know famously very socialist in his thinking and very much for the people and um you know <laughs> yeah when some i think you know uh, i can't remember the player that injured his knee and he said that's not your seat knee son that's liverpool's knee <laughs> and like, right yeah <laughs> then, like you know he had the famous speech on the steps at liverpool when they were presenting one of their another one of their title winning teams and he said i've drummed it into these players time and time again they're privileged to play for you and you know that's like again he had that kind of set up a lot of liverpool's ethos that run through to today is that um you know you play for each other and you play for your team and you play for your club but you're also playing for your fans as well and um I guess what we might come to to the break afterwards is kind of uh, looking at the film, the film, but also Clough's character is um, how he grows through the film and obviously, you know, whatever growth he took as a person in real life as well as to how to compartmentalize his different, you know, he had the drive to certainly be a success as a manager, but then he had a drive to be success as who he was as well and like how he could fuse those things and finally come together for obviously what the, f- the postscript of the film is that he had um, an incredibly successful couple of years at Nottingham Forest that um, to, this, mm-hmm. to this day um, have not been bettered by a British manager since. So, um, you know, quite a, quite a feat. So, um, but we're about almost 50 minutes in, so it's about time for our usual intermission. Um, I can refill on beers and shake and refill on iced tea. Or... Tea, it's time for tea. <laughs> All right, so we'll be... You know, a train did roll by and it didn't blow its horn, so... That is not... Privilege. I have not heard a train at all, so that's great. That I'm probably, It I'm blew probably... it before this... Whatever, we don't need to get into the logistics <laughs> of it, but... Like anyone, that's I heard this it, poc- but... anyone that's listened to this podcast regularly yeah. knows exactly what we're talking about. So I literally take it as like a sign of good luck when a train rolls by and doesn't blow its horn, because it's kind of soothing when it just rolls by. It's like, click, 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 click. And it's like, ah, oh, there it is. Other times, like, wah! Yeah. Oh, that's the bonus segment Hold for the podcast. Is Shay doing train? <laughs> Shay does train noises. So I, need, I know him. I need I'm to get, pretty I need, familiar with him now. I need to get my Ringo, Ringo Star voice on and go, Shay comes into the station today. And just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All righty. Halftime break. We'll take our 15 minutes yeah. <laughs> and uh, come back for the second half. And uh, I, I'm just going to substitute my empty glass for a full glass of Guinness. So we'll be right <laughs> A back. healthy glass. <laughs> I might as well tell you now, you lot may all be internationals and have won all the domestic honours there are to win under Don Revy. But as far as I'm concerned, the first thing you can do for me is to chuck all your medals and all your caps and all your pots and all your pans into the biggest fucking dustbin you can find because you've never won any of them fairly. You've done it all by bloody cheating. Mr. William Bremner, you're the captain, and a good one. But you're no good to the team, and you're no good to me if you're suspended. I want you fit for every game, and I want good, clean, attractive football from my captain. 
starting next week at the Charity Shield. And you, Irishman, God gave you skill, intelligence, and the best passing ability in the game. What God did not give you was six studs to wrap around another player's knee. Now, things are going to be a little different around here without Don. Might feel a little strange at first, might pinch a little like a new pair of shoes. But if you want your grandchildren to remember you as being something other than the dirty buggers you once were, if you want to be loved as real champions, worthy champions, you're going to have to work and improve and change. Now, let's start off by playing some seven asides. Mr. Revy never made us do that. Well, I'm not Mr. Revy. From now on, I don't want to hear that name again, ever. Next player who mentions it, or what he did or didn't bloody do in the good old days, will spend a week cleaning my boots. Seven asides. Keep it nice and clean. Hey, and sensible, no 50-50s. Right, I'll play myself. You might learn something, Irishman. 251 goals in 274 starts. Like to see Dom fucking Rebby do that, eh? First seven over here. Come on. Alrighty, I went back for the second half at Pints and Popcorn Stadium. Um, the score, <laughs> the score is David said two bills, two beers. Shay's had two teas, which is one and a half. One and a half. <laughs> one half. <laughs> two halves. <laughs> we could do it. We could probably do it like a pints and popcorn episodes, just about Ted Lasso's um, a mini on that. I would do that. Yeah, I would. I could break down that for two hours. <laughs> I don't even. How long is that? Five minutes. Uh, between the two videos, you might have ten minutes of footage because you've got the like the first the one. The second one isn't even close to as good as the, the first one alone. Kick yeah. him. <laughs> the second one does have Rebecca Lowe though, so that's true. The yeah. mother of dragons, and she and she puts in a great performance. The way when she when she calls him a wanker, there's some venom in there. There's some venom there. Yeah, how do you Doesn't... know my nickname? <laughs> <laughs> And then when he's just fucking face down drunk at the bar, like doing the morning drinking with the, and he's like, does he start off in a Tottenham jersey and then end up in the Arsenal one, or does it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ted Lasso. What I a, could again the two one <laughs> the one man that had a shorter managerial uh, managerial team right. than Brian Clough did at Leeds. Um, yeah, similar <laughs> tactics though between them when. Uh, <laughs> When he's doing the the prance, when he's doing the prance round, I could see Klopp doing that. Yeah. Right he's like, you're a bloody disgrace from missing it right there. <laughs> and then you'd prance it, yeah. We're I just a bunch it. of eggs. We're just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm immediately watching that when we're done with this. Yeah. <laughs> it, might happen. it might be the last thing I see before I go to sleep. Ted Lasso. Uh, what do you got on there hat-wise? <laughs> That's good. Or pants-wise, that's what, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where'd you buy them in the... <laughs> in the women's section! <laughs> yeah. I just wish it wasn't Spurs. 
Yeah, but that I was, like, that, was dar- that was kind of the darling team of NBC when NBC got like that era. Yeah, of it's print- when a bunch of twat Americans started liking them too, and it, like there, there's still so many Tottenham fans here, and it's like, what have they ever done for you? Yeah, like, like every Spurs fan, they haven't won a trophy the entire time that they've like been a fan of that team. They've yeah, like they brag so much about finishing above Arsenal. And it's like you guys haven't won a trophy in like five thousand days, so yeah. And Slob like, yeah, <laughs> you can cut that out. A gig is a gig is a gig. Because <laughs> I'll get canceled for that probably. Um, I yeah, it's it's funny. Like yeah, the you, if you you're finishing above teams, like that's like you know, the first year it happened. It's like oh yeah, you break the run, whatever. But if you if that's what you can do for year year on year, and then. You know, Arsenal's reach as a club, I think, is still much greater. And um, so, I don't know. I kind of it's just it. like they talk shit and then they haven't won a trophy since they've been fans. Yeah. And I mean, Arsenal did, did the same when I became a fan. They hadn't won a trophy in, I think, eight years. But they had reached, like, you know... Well, I guess Tottenham reached the... Uh, reached the uh, Champions League final and then blew it in a minute. But yeah, all your Tottenham fans listening, I got the I got the Blu-ray of that final. If you want to watch it, I'm over here. I got. But that's like the peak of their team. Whereas they were showing after uh, Liverpool won the league, they were showing how many titles teams had, like the most titles teams had won in the top flight of English football, and only three teams have double digits. In yeah. Arsenal's one of them. Tottenham wasn't even on the goddamn list. Mm. Austin Villa is above you. You stupid wankers. Yeah. <laughs> Nottingham Forest have back to back Champions League titles. Aston Villa has a Champions League title. They do. Yeah. Um, it is surprising when running down, and that kind of goes back to what we were saying at the start of talking about the film is that like um like the the historical records of teams that like when you run down the list of top flight championships, it goes uh, United, Manchester United, not Leeds. Mm-hmm. It goes Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal, and then I think it's Austin, or um, it's it might be Leeds and then Austin Villa, I believe. So it's like it's really weird. Yeah, like yeah. Chelsea's nowhere to be seen. Obviously, City um, is a, a splash in the pan club right now, but then Tottenham as well. So. Mm-hmm. Again, it's crazy to see how... Hey, Everton have got a decent amount of titles as well. I'll give them a due there. They oh, were... yeah, maybe Everton was up there. Everton, they might do, have, like, got, do, Everton do have a number of titles. Like, that's what's fun about like uh, just a slighter side of football history is like, um, you know, Liverpool, you know, the early early 2010s that we had with Manchester United and Manchester City seemingly fighting it out for every title, or at least that's what the media, you know, what you thought was going to happen every year. Um, That was... That was the English first division in the eighties. Was like it was Liverpool won, you know, four or five, and Everton had two or three titles in there as well. Like, and then, you know, and yeah, Arsenal, Everton's in fourth, I guess. Yeah. And so Arsenal got they have seven. Yeah. So yeah, it was like a, then, a crazy time. Yeah. Like imagine, like, and you know, with the socio-economic things going on with Liverpool in the eighties, with um, you know, Thatcher being a cunt and all those things. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not deleting that. That can be. That's. That's, histori- yeah. that's that is historical record. Ding dong. That's Wilson. just historical fact. Yeah, I it pops not up a violation. <laughs> um, it pops up in my memories every year that I, I that my Facebook status on the day that Thatcher died was just Ding Dong the Witch is dead. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, Spurs have the same amount of title, titles as Der- as Darby. So, <laughs> what's that? One and two, two, okay. and my bad, Darby. one my bad. less than Leeds. Yeah. So, um, and Spurs haven't won it since '61. So, yeah, and Don Revy's first year at Leeds. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it all comes together. So they've been, yeah. Yeah, there's a I, I I I meant to download it and watch it last night. I, I'm I'm the kind of football fan that can watch things that aren't exactly you know kind to my team. Um, Not me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, there's a there's a, doc, there's a documentary that came off my iTunes like you know suggested because I've got Damien United bought in my iTunes for years because I wanted to watch it, so I bought it on iTunes because um, I was did not want to wait for it to turn off my door. Like that's you know I'm impatient sometimes. Um, but it popped up afterwards, you know, you suggested movies after I watched it the other day. And there was a, there's a documentary called 89 about like Arsenal's title win against Liverpool, which is one of the more famous ones. Very similar to the Aguero um, City one, you know, because, you know, Arsenal had to win by two clear, clear goals at Anfield on the last day. And they scored a goal with, in the 90th, 89th, 90th minute to go 2-0 two, two up to seal the title at Anfield, which is, you know... Um, and that Liverpool team was was obviously reeling from a tragic disaster, but um, a really a really great Liverpool team. You know, the the previous the eighty seven eighty eight title winning team is one of the the favourites of Liverpool fans because of just how rec- uh, you know swashbuckling the football was under Kenny Dalglish at the time with you know John Barnes and Peter Beardsley and all those guys getting around John Aldridge, um, great lad to have a beer with. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've seen that one, but I thought I'd suggest that one while it popped up. I have not, but we've yeah. talked about it possibly on this podcast. How I was like three months old when that happened yeah. again. Yeah. I think that might have just been texting, but yeah, yeah, I was like a year old. So, but it's it's something, so I might have it's to something that pops up a that. lot. It's something that pops up a lot in football history again as we're talking kind of football history alongside this film. Um, is that 89 title run was a really um, fever pitch, the Nick Hornby book that spawned it. Yes, I have seen that film, yeah. the, the original. Yeah. Um, that, I've seen yeah, both. But yeah. but that, that that was, you know, that that is very much centered around that that moment in history as well. So football, uh, football is a sport, you know, and, you know, we're only talking about in England right now. It's a sport that's worldwide with different, histori- different histories and different crazy stories about different league title wins here and there. Um, so it's... Uh, yeah, wonderful sport. But the film, um, we've had a good, good, good sideways chat for a few minutes. But um, uh, one thing I really liked about this film, and like talking out from from a film standpoint, we we obviously talked about some of the historical inaccuracies in the first half, and and the filmmakers I think made a very conscious choice. Um, there's, there's obviously controversies with the Clough family not being happy with the book and whatnot, but the the writers and the filmmakers made a conscious choice that they'd. You know, you know, you alter some timelines and how things happened. You know, minor things to to tell the story about Brian Clough, and this is what this film is about: is the story about Brian Clough. And you know, Peter Taylor is very much a part of it, and Don Revy in this film is very much a part of it too. But the film is a story about Brian Clough and how he goes from the the you know the wide eyed guy that was waiting for Leeds to turn up with his you know polished glasses and the bottle of wine on the table, to the guy that was um, hell bent to beat everything he'd done, to the guy that. Um, realized that you know that that kind of that direction was going to de- destroy his career you know the career to a certain extent so he had to accept his accept some humility um and uh, and to me like that's one of the parts of the film that make it so rewatchable is that you're watching a real human story under and this is what 
all of our favorite sports films are, you know, Moneyball is another film that is one of my favorite films, and that's because it's actually a film about Billy Bean um, rather than yeah. all the other things. You know my complaints about that film. Yeah. <laughs> I actually can't remember him now, but we, we, we'll get into that another time. But, you know, this film, this is what all sports Somebody films. was just talking about it, too, and I just thought about it. I'm like, is it really that good? I, I love it, but... Um, I've read the book and I'm like, did this need to be made into a movie? See, I read the book and was like, yeah, I, I didn't need it. But um, I, you know, I classic I, pints I, and popcorns. You're the pints on the popcorn. <laughs> um, <laughs> but again, like this, this film is another one that um, you know, the reason it resonates so much, even though it's you know, on the surface, you know, you look at it, it's a sports film, but it's a sports drama film because the the real heart of the film comes from the character and and what we see developed throughout the film and how we see Clough as the character on film um, grow. Um, obviously, a lot of the similarities are there to the to the actual real human Clough, but the, the film we watch is um, a really rewarding film in that sense too. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. Um, it's a bummer that we don't get more of his success after, after he leaves Leeds. Mm. But... I think it just goes to show how important like the Peter Taylor relationship is to him because that's what the movie ends on. And it's a happy ending. It's not about football. It's about him growing as a person and be, and you know, getting his best friend back. Um, so he can ultimately be successful again. He had to give up like his, he had to become a humble person to, Yep. (laughs) <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> I think I, I think I muted the channel there for a sec to do that. But, um. All right, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think it is a movie about much more than soccer. Yeah, and it's certainly a the one that the and you sent it to me. I think you sent a scene. I can't remember what it was, but <laughs> saying it was like us. Like it's a relation. It's a friendship that's. Um, I mean, there's certainly there's a volatile, volatile nature to their friendship as well, which I think comes from being professionals in such a high high pressured environment. Um, even if you know you can say, you know, the football, the business of football then was only kind of just starting to grow into what it is now, and I can't even imagine the. Pressure. And he says that to Sam, Uncle Sam. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's what football is now. You gotta spend money, and yeah, we've only seen it go up from there. Yeah, yeah, and they were signing guys for like you know. <laughs> what a hundred grand? Hundred and seventy thousand pounds. Alright, that's what Ozil makes in a week. Yeah. <laughs> now he makes way more than that. Yeah, I know when Liverpool signed Kenny Dalglish um uh, back in seventy seven for uh four hundred thousand pounds. That was the record deal at the time. So yeah. And then like I mean even look back like when you guys sold Torres to Chelsea, it was fifty million. That was like the record and yeah. how far we've come from there yeah. and that feels like it wasn't that i mean that was only like what 10 years ago maybe it was 2000 2011 um january nine years yeah yeah nine years ago nandy yeah bought suarez for 23 million at the same time which is just super it's, it's ridiculous how you you can still get bargains in this in this environment because you know yeah that's the big thing going on right now is um the Bayern somebody tweeted out like Bayern signed all these players, like five or six players for 73 million euros. And yeah. they're like, a- including Gnabry who we gave away for free <laughs> to, um, which is just, uh, yeah. Let's say whatever. like Liverpool, happy for the lad. 
Yeah, Liverpool bought Coutinho for eight mil and sold him for like one forty two. So it's just like, yeah, you can. And now we're gonna. And now Arsenal's gonna buy him. Yeah, probably for fifty mil. Probably too much, and he's oh god. But the <laughs> Arsenal did sign Saka today to a long term deal, so that's huge. Yeah, there was a lot of talk in the Liverpool groups about like if they, if they you know, Arsenal couldn't tie him down, that would he would be a good one to good one. Well, to you down. can't have him, you stupid scousers. <laughs> No, having for you guys to lock one down. That's that's good. Like you know, it's, <laughs> it's you're not getting too many too many wins at the moment. So I, I he's been it. that. Hey, we won two in a row. Um, I, I meant just been, I meant just general like wins of feeling. So we're going to Wembley in our yellow masks. Um, <laughs> he's been on the team since he was a pup, though. Like they they've been showing. I mean, he still is a pup. He's like nineteen, yeah. maybe eighteen, but. Like, there's a picture of him floating around from when he was like on like the under nines or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wherein, because I remember the year we had those, it was our 125th anniversary. He, he's wearing one of those, those and but he's like those kits with the those the Nike kits were they? Yeah, yeah they were sick. Are, I had nice, I had yeah. one, but it was a Sonya one, so who knows where it is now? But uh, <laughs> yeah, those are sick. But yeah, that's when he started playing for us. So good lad to sign on. It's a yeah. quote, Brian Clough. Good lad. <laughs> um, you know what's crazy about Brian Clough? Um, his time at Leeds. Uh, we see it. We see it early on in um, the film as well. He turns up at Leeds and obviously wants to make his mark, and he's not getting much out of the players that are there because they hate him. <laughs> <laughs> You're all bloody cheated. And he actually. Yeah, you know, he kind of dug his own grave on that one. Yeah. And that I was think his... they were already pissed anyway. Yeah. But, and when he said that uh, the weather is not uh, ideal, <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be back in Mallorca. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Throw your medals in the bin. Yeah, it just shows that you can't treat professional athletes like that and expect respect. And I think we've seen. I think we've seen that. Like, I think Jose Mourinho has a lot of Brian Clough in him. Um, so. Because yeah, there are guys that will go into bat, like some of the guys on those Chelsea teams, and that. Lo- I'm like, sure those Porto teams, when he wasn't like that outspoken, wasn't yeah. that bad. And that but. Inter Milan team he took, like, which is a, a forgotten part, weirdly forgotten part by a lot of football fans. But he, you know, he won the won the treble at Milan with the Champions League. You know, um, right. You know, at a time where Italian football was waning in the sense of their, you know, continental dominance. Um, when is it not? <laughs> but uh yeah like Mourinho's like yeah those eccentricities of uh character um with how you know you're either you know Clough's other teams like I, I feel like there was a it was just he went into a team with you know and the film shows it there was like a pre they'd had such an intense right like imagine uh, I can't even imagine like you know net like you know now I can't it's a little bit the football's a little bit more just you know business like now that if you even the unlikely thing that if you just swap Klopp to City and uh, Guardiola to Liverpool, there'd still be a little bit of a little bit of niggle there. They don't like players are a lot more fresh, professional in that sense now. I think that would be fine. But I mean, I don't know. I think the best example would be if you had uh, if you had Rafa Benitez after that 08-09 title run uh, go to go to United because you know Ferguson got the England England job after that year. 
Right. You'd have like you'd have your Rio Ferdinands and your Neville's and all that and be like <laughs> Benitez was just calling Ferguson a twat last year of this fax speech and then Exactly. Yeah. So the, the there's just you can't that kind of intense when you have that kind of intense rivalry over a few years and that's what Derby and Leeds had. Um I just yeah, it was always fraught with danger and then you go in there and and you know whether Clough, how Clough, right Clough was with his assertions about how they'd won their medals, you know, like. But the league, you know, the, the, the league can dispense discipline. You know, football was a rough and tumble sport. Um, you know, Leeds just took it the extreme of the laws that they could. They took their suspensions and and while I don't agree with football played in that way, if they if they won titles that way, then that's just what it was. And you can't. He, him going in there, if he wanted to go in there and beat Dogden Revy's legacy, as he said in the film, um, what you got to go in there and first of all do is make those players respect you and, 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 and so going in there and tell them that all their achievements over the last decade have all been because of bloody cheating, which he apparently, I, I don't know the exact how much the wording of all those lines were exactly, but I know that the historical record is that he did go in and tell them that they should that they reportedly told them to chuckle their medals in the bin because they were won by cheating. So, um, yeah. Yeah, you, just, I mean, you, the Detroit you, Pistons going, won two titles. Yeah. Doing the same thing, you can't take those titles away. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I hate those teams, and I think a majority of Americans hate those teams, and I'm sure that's how Leeds was viewed over there. Mm-hmm. It makes me like them less because I was all excited about them coming up to the Premier League next season because I, I think they're almost locked in to come up next season right now. Um, yeah, yeah, they seem so, to. Because they've been threatening for years. They've been really close, and they just haven't made it, but I think they're going to win the championship. Yeah, all my Huddersfield mates, which I don't know if any of them listen to this podcast, but all the very, very good people I met at Huddersfield when I went to a Huddersfield game last year when... Huddersfield were in the Premier League, and now it's looking unfortunately like they're probably going to get relegated to League One. Um, they're going to do the the double drop from ah uh, the old Sunderland. Yeah. <laughs> when the boats, what is the song of the Sunderland? <laughs> fucking, it's so... it's so dramatic. It's a Sunderland <laughs> song. I get. It's a famous Sunderland. On the river Thames. It's like oh my god. <laughs> I usually like watch every intro for the Netflix show because it kind of like sets, sets yeah sets the mood sets me into it. But on that, I just hear on the river click <laughs> like <laughs> Skip intro. Yeah, sorry, Jason. It's so dramatic. Is he still a Sunderland fan? I assume he is. He seems <laughs> like he seems like kind of lad that once he get once he sticks when once he like ties his you know flag to a. Well, and I think he's from like the his family's from like the Sunderland area of uh, Scotland. Yeah. So that's why I liked him. So you know, keep it true. The Sunderland area um, where? Scotland. I think there's a Sunderland Scotland. Oh, okay, right, gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, it's not too far away from the border there, anyway. So. Yeah, it's be it's, should just be one country, honestly. That's probably extremely problematic. <laughs> <laughs> it should be one United Scotland and fuck the UK off. I mean the uh, England off. Um, anyway, didn't who was it that just voted? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a screenshot yeah, of this to you get and a me post. Both, Siri. Well, no. So um, I guess Siri started listening to me, and it's like, "Hey Siri, one United Scotland in fuck UK. Are there in the?" 
in the England <laughs> off anyway. And all she had to say was, I don't know how to respond to that. Uh, oh, she's not wrong. Didn't Scotland try to vote for... Or who tried to vote for independence? Yeah, Scotland did a couple of years ago, yeah. And they failed somehow. Yeah. I mean, so. It was close. It's just like... It's kind of well, like Brexit a, was close, and now if they voted for Brexit, it would be the opposite. Just like if we voted for Brexit. like a bunch of people, that, like the, all the ones that voted for Brexit, because, oh, that sounds good. We like the ones that were like, oh, Trump sounds like a good idea. No, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, Brexit was a complete... Don't worry for England manager sounded like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan uh, Clark, the England manager, they never the best England manager they never had. How yeah, did, that is that is a I like I like that though. That's I mean, was he? They just don't cover that in the movie ever, though. Is no, that he but, would ever be up for England manager. I think no, he he was like they taught like if you read so they don't cover it in the movie much. No, they don't. Um, he was often talked about like by people, right. but then obviously his brash nature and the fact that. You know this this interview again. I'll I put this in the show notes. The interview that's on the Yorkshire Television from the act the actual one that goes for about twenty five minutes. Uh, the, the interview it's asked Clough like, you, you, oh no, actually I think Revy himself says you've disrespected all these people like Matt Busby and all these you know people like respected people right. in the game. You say shit about them like why what this is why you get what you get and like you know Clough's just like I'm just saying what I'm thinking, which certain amount of respect for that myself. So. Um, as a, as a man who's oh. as a man who's called Alex Ferguson a cunt multiple times in my life. Um, oh yeah, I mean that's just truth. Um, the but, question I had is yeah the scene in in which they beat Leeds at home mm. um, when they're went at Derby when they're called up. I was going to bring this up. Was he? Is there a touchline ban there, or did no, this actually it's, it's happen? Just, that's just, he just was too nervous. That's just cinematic stupidity. Um, it was brought up. Uh, I had this. I've got this note up. Sorry, I'll get it. But, 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 because uh, they don't explain why he's in his office at all either. There's, Even um, if there's someone, someone disputed this. They said that they were like, I had it here somewhere. I, I've like clicked out of it anyway. Um, Ah, yeah, BBC sport journalist Pat Murphy, a personal friend of Clough, noted noted a bunch of inaccuracies in the film, including various. A, a, Errors regarding the time events. He particularly dismissed as absolute nonsense a scene where Clough stays in the Derby dressing room during a match against Leeds, too nervous to watch. That, to me, I was going to bring that up too, so it's interesting that's your question because I found that the one jarring moment of the film because his personality is completely... The, his personality is completely antithesis to staying... He would be fucking out. There. You see, you see earlier in the film when like like fucking Bramner dives and he's just like he's on the sideline. He fucking dived. Like, yeah, yeah. How he is still that? hasn't how... touched him. Yeah. yeah, he did dive. He still ain't touched the plate. Ah, oh, god, <laughs> <laughs> it's a cock sucking call. Um, <laughs> that was a cock sucking call on that penalty. Yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of cock sucking calls in this podcast when it comes to sports films. Um. Yeah, it's completely disingenuous to the character, I think. Even if we're just talking about the film alone, let alone the the obvious actual character. If if this was just a completely fictional film... Um, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. If it's a completely fictional film that this Brian Clough character is completely made up, 
that still stands out to me. Like I, I, I remember watching the film before I knew anything. I was just like, why is he? He doesn't seem to be serving a touchline. They don't even explain it either, though. It's just, That's the problem. I think, it's like, I, is think he I think the cinematic nature of it is to be like he looks nervous, so he's nervous and he's not watching because you know you've you see. Uh, he again, does look nervous again, strangely, in the first leg. Again, strangely, I'm bringing up Moneyball because you know Billy Beans. He he like he doesn't watch it, you know, but that's his character. That's actually him. But yeah, it's such just an Americanized view of it. Though, yeah, then. that's what I that's what I was confused about. Why it. it's, it's just it makes no sense to the character, and I I was disappointed that they went like. I guess they wanted that moment where like you know when they when Peter tells he him, wanted to be shocked by it, yeah, but you can still do that with him out there. Like, just stay true to this goddamn story. Yeah, like, what, exactly. What's the issue there? And like, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be in his nature at all. Even though he is nervous in that first leg against Leeds, or not first leg, but the first time they show him playing Leeds, you can tell he's kind of because he, he's kind of reserved until that penalty. Yeah, because Peter's going off the whole time. But yeah, he he's kind of he's kind of pissed off about. I think he's like pissed off about Revy's like dismissal of like yeah he's yeah and he's who knows if that happened yeah well that game was actually at Leeds um so in real life that's so, a bummer yeah a, <laughs> like I said this film like and I guess we can like I can ask you about that now like as a film um I think it works and I can understand why they made oh decisions. yeah I can understand why they made the decisions they made because. What this film did to me was tell a stylized version of Clough's history, which, um, you know, I the Clough family, I hope, is a little bit more, like, happy with the film rather than the book. Because I know I, had again, haven't read the book, but I, what I've heard is the book's a lot more negative about Clough um, and, and maybe, ex- like, exemplifies more of his... You know, again, we're all flawed humans. Um, if he drank and smoked in the 70s, like... Okay, Sewell. Yeah, Bremner was smoking before practice. Yeah, <laughs> when, when they show, it's like, good god, cigarettes in sports. Really, I another Liverpool thing I've done is like I saw Didi Hamann, Garcia, and Schmitzer do a talk in Adelaide. Um, three of the players that obviously won the Champions League in '05, and Hamann said he was like one of the last smokers, last smokers in um in football, and like had to hunt down. There we go. I saw you shaking your head and was like, is that a train in the background? Like, I'm glad you couldn't hear the first blast because I immediately started shaking my head. Harmon <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hunted down the uh, Liverpool's chief executive in the showers after the after the um, game for a cigarette. So that was in 2005. And he was like... Ah, the old Ron Artest. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, in the 70s, you know, especially this is like at a time when I, I don't know exactly when this, the real health, you know, the health thing of smoking was catching up, but oh, they've known forever. Yeah, it's just like I mean, public. It's just knowledge. gotten worse and worse. They've yeah. like said it's worse and worse for you, which it is, and it, that's why like lives like lifespans are longer now is because we know red meat and cigarettes are bad for you. Yeah, um, and that's why George Best didn't live very long. Yeah, the the, the um, idea that you know Clough having enjoying, and you know his, I think the book like. Uh, you know, went hard on him being, you know, ang- angry outbursts and whatnot. But again, as a manager, like, you know, Alex Ferguson is famous for throwing a fucking boot across the room and, and essentially sealing the fact that David Beckham, De- David Beckham wanted to leave the club. So, I don't know. I, I'm disappointed the book has painted him in negative light, but I think the film did a, really, uh, did a better job of 
kind of get you know getting a bit more towards the true character but even as the film alone i think it's just such a great character study of um how ambition and ambition and personal you know versus you know keeping relationships alive you know the peter taylor one is certainly a big part of the film um and we see that and that he recognizes that you know splitting up from taylor with the uh and you know, I think, I think Clough himself was a, a brilliant football mind. Um, so I don't think he was could have not done it without Taylor. But there's, there's certain people that you just you just you feel comfortable around, and you know it's a yin and yin and a yang thing. I think Taylor probably was more comfortable with Clough around, and and Clough was more comfortable with Taylor around. It's like, and that, I love that that you know the bromance side of the story is really is really quite yeah. He literally feeds him, which is it borders on. I don't know. It's just a weird scene when they're driving in that car. They could have done that a little differently, I think. No, I love that. It's just like almost romantic. Yeah, that's like, I think they were going for that like style of like these guys are so in tune with each other that they are like, a, they, they are a married couple. And they, they even dance to love and marriage at, at the celebration party, which I think is deliberate, is that yeah, these guys are completely obviously heterosexual like we're got like you know they have wives and children ob- ob- and obviously we wouldn't carry the way but um they they, they want to paint this pick the picture that these guys are heterosexual people that um are very happily married but they have a connection that is like a married couple i think is what this movie is trying to paint yeah um and brilliantly i, I don't think we've mentioned his name yet but timothy spile did a brilliant job playing yeah i was just about to bring him up yeah he's amazing it. yeah um this movie is really... And they just have the natural rapport together. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're both great actors, but uh, just the rapport that... Uh, yeah, it's just great. Yeah. It really sells the movie, too, because they could have done... And I think we talked about this off-air, but the actor who played Don Revue, like... Yeah, Colm Meany. Really, yeah. Great actor. Really plays him like an asshole. Like, truly. And he plays it perfectly every step of the way. Mm-hmm. The arrogance, um, the humble arrogance during the interview, which I, you've already mentioned, was was pretty spot on. Mm. Um, just really well acted, which I think makes the film a lot better, too, because this could have been done poorly, I think, without getting the right. Pr- and Michael Sheen just has that kind of like little cocky air to him. Yeah, I, don't, I can't imagine a better actor for it, to be honest. Also, not a bad footballer, Michael Sheen. There's a, there's a couple scenes where it's like, all right, it's when he does the uh, Revy do that, fuck, eh? <laughs> yeah, that yeah that scene when he like, I wonder how many takes it took, but he put some pace on that shot and hit into, hit it into the side netting on a smaller goal. Yeah, so it was pretty. Yeah, yeah, and apparently, and he gets out there and plays with him a little bit. And gets the one fo- Stephen Graham does not look great at football. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll, I'll when they're doing the seven aside, yeah. oh boy, does not look good. Yeah, I will say that Stephen Graham never looks like a footballer in that movie. <laughs> I love the guy. He's also just like tiny. Yeah. I know the Irishman is supposed to be tall, and so they're probably like doing that on purpose, is like to counteract it. But like when they're doing like, there's one cut scene in the seven aside where it's like, why, why did you put this? Because Bremner has the ball, mm. like, and he's dribbling it, and it looks like like a fifth grader running amongst men and it's just like this isn't good (laughs) but everybody else looks like they can play which was good which was a good um 
good casting, I guess, including Michael Sheen, even when he gets fouled. So, yeah, that looks like it fucking hurts. I think they yeah. got it. Oh, 50 50s. Yeah, and then the other teammates are going, yeah, no, fair tackle, fair tackle. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair 50 50. Yeah, no, they did. They, is, yeah, they um they did auditions for non-speaking football players to be in the film. So good. Yeah, and there was, I um, think it does. Yeah, it was auditionees were expected to have played in the Northern Counties East League, Northern Premier League, or higher. So they had a standard of like you know the lower leagues that they were going to accept as their non. You know, obviously speaking roles had to be actors first, but um, yeah, anything else they were getting proper footballers in there. So yeah, yeah. It was really, yeah, like I said, really well casted, and I think it helps sell the story and uh, makes it that much better of a film. Yeah, and I think it's a very tight film too because the film's always either on. It's not very long. Yeah, and and the it's always focused like you know Clough is in almost every scene or Taylor or you know like they 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 don't they don't dally with um other shit you know it's it's just very yeah there's no like romantic like they didn't jam a like romance story into it other than taylor and um taylor and Puff, <laughs> yeah yeah um which is what american sports movies do so wrong all mm. the time is they jam sport like some stupid romance like even like we were talking about goon off air the movie goon mm-hmm. it's like i mean i love allison pill but like <laughs> it's not totally necessary for yeah. Though I guess I guess you could. Uh, we'll talk about it in the Goon Pod. But. The only love story that's needed in Goon is the goalie and his Percocet. <laughs> it's just, it's just. Don't touch my fucking Percocet. Do you have any fucking Percocet? <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same team. <laughs> hey Siri, do you have any fucking Percocet? <laughs> <laughs> she does. Oh, she she does. Yeah, you're holding out, Siri. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she tried talking to me twice in the pod. I thought I might as well bring her in, and she didn't yeah. fucking help. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. Um, yeah, <laughs> we've talked about um, obviously the performances, and um, I. I guess I started asking you about this before. Uh, well, let's just talk about. Um, I mean, you mentioned that the uh, the film doesn't touch much on his. Uh, I think the the important part of this film to tell the story was a story about growth, and uh, you know the the Nottingham Forest stuff wouldn't have added much to the film because it's like, oh, let's just talk about his success. But right, adding that little postscript as a lot of movies based on history do about a a guy that um a guy that had so much success uh, and went on to some great success. Uh, that is, it is really a great story. His his time at Nottingham Forest, you know, he, he, they won the second division and then won the first division back to back. Like that is right. a rare feat. Which again is as many titles as Tottenham has in yeah. their history. And then they won back to back European Cup titles. Um, right, a, a great a great period for England because I think it was uh, Liverpool seventy seven, Liverpool seventy eight, Nottingham Forest seventy nine. Uh, Nottingham Forest, and 80. Nottingham Forest, eighty, Liverpool, eighty-one, and Aston Villa won one in eighty-two or eighty-three as well before a little mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to this very day, they're the last English team, to, uh, last English team to win back-to-back um Champions League slash European Cup titles, and you know, like with the how 
crazy football is these days. You can, who knows when? I mean, Liverpool going to back to back bloody back to back finals is amazing, let alone winning two in a row. Um, you know, it's something that doesn't happen too often unless you're a Real Madrid or a, even Barcelona. I don't think have won two in a row in all their time of doing of they've, they've won a lot, they've won four or five in the last, they've won four in the last. 15 years but none of them ever came back to back they kind of went one year off one year on right there and um it's it's really hard to do uh and yeah it's, well and england having all four teams in both major european tournaments last year is like something that'll probably never happen regardless of country yeah, yeah. in quite a while exactly so it's um yeah it's a it's a record that the clough family can be proud of that he his that, that and especially they took it at nottingham forest are not a traditional power obviously brought him up from the second division uh, won him a league title, won him a couple of European Cups. They had 10 years of success. You know, his, his son came in and played and scored 200-odd goals for him as well. And uh, and he, he played for Liverpool a little bit t- shortly, shortly after and scored 30, a few goals there too. Um, but, yeah, like, um, you know, and then Nottingham Forest, unfortunately, you know, when the, the first division chain, you know, rebranded to the Premier League and they, they you know, fell away soon after that and, they're uh, up in the playoff positions now. They kind of like Leeds United now. They're um, you know, they're a team that are in the second uh, in the championship and um, looking to re. Yeah, they're close. They're in fifth right now. I think. Yeah, so they're, they're, in, they're spot so, out of the playoff. They're in the playoff spots at the moment. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it's a it's a great. It's a, I th- I find this movie is even if you like obviously research it and uh, understand the historical historical accuracies and inaccuracies of the film and understand, you know, like the, you know, we, we spoke about it off air, but you know, the, the part in the movie where they accept the Brighton offer, but then he immediately gets Leeds offer and leaves and, you know, it doesn't account for the right. fact that he actually spent 32, 30 odd games at Leeds, uh, sorry, at Brighton before then Leeds offer came. All those things are, um, again, we, I talked to you about it before. It's this, this film did the good, a good job of, uh, telling a story that was conducive to a two-hour film that told the story the bone the bones of it might have been a little bit off but the 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 heart of the story was what it wanted to be and i think told a really good story about and again uh you know the club family has some issues with the how the story was told in the book and you know i hope that they see that this film for me was a really good i knew stuff about Clough and Nottingham Forest before I saw the film, but it really piqued my interest in a positive way. I wanted to learn more about the guy because I really, after seeing the film, I really had a had a fascination in a positive way for him as a manager and his character in the film. And then I went out and researched more and have have really like I, I Nottingham Forest is a team I watch quite often now because of because of this movie and because of right. the fascination it built. Uh, it it engaged in me about the the history of uh, Clough and. Um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a great educa- even if it's not educational as far as the bare bones facts, it's a great way of getting into some football history in an entertaining way. And then if you if you have the interest to go into it more, I really encourage you to do because fo- um, football history, both just the pure game stuff, the facts of the what's happened throughout history, and then how football has affected society throughout the world is really there's some great books out there that are about you know the Barcelona Real Madrid rivalry and how that plays into the politics of Spain and you know um Argenti- right. Argentinian and Brazilian football and how that plays into how how um, military dictatorships and stuff it's it's not always fun history but it's 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 fascinating how football is such an integral part of our histories as people and you know, obviously this this history in this movie is more about just humans and and football but yeah, it's it's really fun to read about and educate yourself with and i mm. i'm really thankful for this film coming around to 
bring me into that a bit, you know. It's um and you know, just as a film, it's just a beautiful film to watch and experience as it, well. It definitely is. Uh, just going back to the Brighton scene for a second. Uh it yeah. de- it definitely like it's frustrating that it like that they changed it there because it doesn't make sense that Peter is like I like it down here. It's like you've been there for two days, you know, basically, and they're all, and they're even on vacation. Who knows where they're they go in, on vacation? Somewhere hot, but I think they're in Spain. Yeah, yeah, in Spain. But it, Peter's arguments don't really make sense. It's like we just accepted like this offer, and and it makes sense that Koff is like, yeah, you just give the money back, like mm. just say no. So, yeah, that that historical inaccuracy is frustrating, but uh, yes, it helps the movie along, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't spend like you know from a narrative standpoint. They could have spent like I mean, the movie's only an hour and thirty minutes long, basically. They could have spent like no, ten almost, minutes. It's long. almost two hours, isn't it? Is it? Do you have an extended edition that I don't? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's ninety-seven minutes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I, um, I just, I just think narratively, you would have gotten into it. You would have done ten minutes on Brighton that just would have been useless for the film. Is what I like. That's fair. Yeah, just, it just would have made more sense for that final, the just the the reason that Peter and him broke up more. Yeah, not that I blame Peter for that because Peter is, you know, Peter was already mad at him for getting fired from Darby or yeah. resigning from Darby or whatever. Um, so that explains that. Yeah. But Longson was a bit of a twat though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know what i don't know what is that i don't want to dis- besmirch his name hey is after arsenal's recent history with brighton hove i fucking hate that club i hope they go down this season so i was talking about longson at derby but <laughs> oh yeah. i thought oh right yeah. right right sorry yeah. the longson was very the well played but no the longson's the derby guy that he has all the clashes with but um, oh, that Uncle Sam. Yeah. yeah, yeah, brilliantly played by Jim Broadbent as well. The probably the fourth great yeah. performance in the film. Um, yeah, certainly. The a good. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I the uh, sorry, I was going somewhere. I completely lost my train of thought. It's the Guinness. Hey, <laughs> hey Siri, where was I going with that? No, shut up. <laughs> um. Yeah, I the other thing I was going to talk about was uh, not lost it again. <laughs> right, this is two. This is one thirty in the morning, and I've had Guinness. Um, Brighton Hove or Uncle Sam? Any of that ring any bells? It's Uncle. It's um, actually sorry. It was the boardroom meeting where he, uh, the one great character moment that I loved. Yeah, this is where I was going with it. I kept on losing it, but yeah, thank you. Um, it's not <laughs> actually was. It's not actually with. Um, you know he the camera shot of where he throws his jacket across the table when he, he gets kicked out of Derby is great. But um, yeah, that's uh, the, the great character bit that I loved was when he gets sacked from Leeds and he sits there and says, okay, it's going to cost you 25 grand. Yeah. Three and a half grand uh, for, for Jimmy and uh, you're going to pay our income tax for the next three years. And then, you know, and uh, also, yeah. also I'm going to keep... bloody criminal. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep the Merc. I know it's, and it's a bit much for a guy that's un- unemployed, but I've grown to like <laughs> yeah. it. And then who, who, do, who, do you th- like... who do you think you are? Brian Howard Yeah. Clough. You know, and like... I'm Brian Clough. Brian, Brian Howard Clough. Howard Clough. I thought about doing that as my clothes for this week, but I didn't know if it would be too... 
if people wouldn't get it, especially <laughs> if I said my own name. Well, I'm intrigued but. to see what it is then. But I think that was a great <laughs> moment of showing that despite everything that was going on in this film, that was a great character moment of showing uh, his strength um, in his own convictions that even though things had gone completely awry down at Leeds and he was still, you know, walking out saying, you know, you, this is what you're going to give me because they, they were sacking him regardless of, you know, if he, the performance and stuff, they were sacking him and he is to, to he has rights to compensation for that. Um, and Brighton was going to pay him a lot of money, yeah. which they show. Yeah, for a third division So he club. gave that yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a great moment of, you know, uh, you know, obviously Clough is a real man as well, was um, very, very strong. But uh, it, as far as the movie's purposes goes, it was a really great moment of um, showing his character and his strength. Um, you know, kind of just one of those great writing things that you do in movies is you have moments with that, that, that are just, you know, it's very simple in many ways, but it just, it really hammers home the character's convictions and their strength and all those things that go into making a film rem- memorable um, and character. And really well acted by Michael Sheen. Just yeah. perfect amount of smugness and then ego at the end of it. But like, you're still rooting for him. That's what made it a good performance. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, Rotten Tomatoes. Have you, <laughs> have you looked this up yet? I have not. I yeah. saw on IMDb um, yeah. when I was looking up some stuff earlier what it was, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, so it's got seven and a half out of ten on IMDb. Uh, yep. Eighty-one percent Metacritic, ninety-two uh, percent Rotten Tomatoes, and ninety-one percent of Google users like the film. Wow. Where are you at? Uh, you'd be like eighty-five, eighty-six, somewhere in there. Yep. You know, solid B. Just because of the scenes we talked Those about. Those few scenes, yeah. I'm, I'm, an, I was gonna drop mine down to an 89. So as usual, just a bit above yours. But again, like I'm, dro- <laughs> I'm dropping, which is not something I off. Sometimes I don't do. So, um, it's just short of an A for me because of those, like, that fucking. I'm gonna sit in the goddamn rooms because I'm too nervous to watch the leads. Can no, I, 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 I as a fan, just completely out of place. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to the character, and there's like those small moments. Um. Yeah, just just drop the perfection for me because I think it's very close to actually being a very very perfect human sports film. Um, is it's it is so damn close, but though, though, that kind of thing just yeah. It has nothing to do with the acting or the way that it's shot. It's all just the writing of a couple yeah, of the scenes. The act- in- yeah, the yeah. Actu- the actual scene itself is great. Like you know, he he does it well, and then the scene where him and Peter gives him the score is like great. It's just the actual. Scene. It's so trite though. It's yeah. so like. It's so Hollywood bullshit. Like yeah. it's so like I don't know. It's just like it, the crowd roars. Like he doesn't understand. Like you would know watching a soccer match in a room at a home stadium, at your home stadium, if your team won by scoring two, at the end, the final whistle, and when he scored two goals. Yeah, I guarantee you would. So it's just it doesn't make. On every level, it makes no sense. Especially <laughs> in a game like that, the crowd would be going nuts if they just beat in Leeds. Exactly, right? yeah. they're yeah. beating Leeds. Yeah, yeah, it'd be going crazy. And like, yeah, they kind of show like the roars of the crowd, and they make it look like they lost. And it's just like this is stupid. It's just yeah, whatever. Some people who aren't into soccer and just like it for movie's sake would probably enjoy that scene though so yeah and that's fine too like if people like i i hope people that don't like the sport itself enjoy this film because i think it's a film that can be enjoyed beyond the beyond the game for sure um yeah i don't know if i like green street hooligans more than it i think that's the other question (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't like Green Street more than this. I I I have a, some respect for Green Street, um, and I think it's. Gr- I it when I I told you in text I was like when I was younger it was just a cool film to me, but now I like it. There's some stuff to it, but I think this film's just more actually, you know. Green Street highlights a part of football we really don't want to ever think about. You know, it's it's there, but we don't want to. Whereas this is this is a very human and uh, loving football film, which is what I want. Right. Yeah, out of sports films. So, yeah. I just I don't think like Green Street. I think the point of Green Street though is to like chastise the people who. Oh, so I mean, I, yeah. That, I mean, that's the ultimate message of it. Yeah. I mean, I mean at the end, like. I mean, spoiler Elijah. spoiler alert, but you know. Um, yeah. One, I mean, two, at the three, end, Elijah three. Wood does, like, threaten to beat that guy up, and yeah. that's how he, like, gets back into Harvard or whatever, and it's like, well, maybe that's not the way to handle things, but uh, whatever. Yeah. So it, do, it does, like, te- then, I mean... But then, it, we, but then we do, we always always say, like, eat the rich and always punch Nazis, so... Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or drugged out Ivy Leaguers. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can do that, too. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the film doesn't certainly glorify it. It's just it's, it's a part of football that you don't want to... You know, we don't want to be a part of football. If you know, you know, there's no reason to be, uh, yeah, you know, on an ex- existential level, like violence really needs to be reserved for absolute need, which is punching Nazis, um, and uh, and, uh, right. and other related activities to punching Nazis. Um, so well, I think that's part of the point of that as well. Is it's just like you're gonna like. I mean, if one fan base is violent, then every fan base is going to either have to get tough or get their ass kicked all yeah. the time. I mean, it is a flawed, flawed mindset, obviously, but it's something that people had to deal with for, you yeah. know, decades. West Ham, shit club, great firm. <laughs> Arsenal, great club, shit firm. Shit firm. Tottenham, <laughs> shit club, shit firm. Yeah. <laughs> and that says it all. <laughs> that says it. That will be whenever we do Green Street, which is probably be in like a year or something like that. <laughs> when Arsenal, when Arsenal wins the league next year, um, we'll do Green Street. All right, and that'll, that'll be what I close on. All right, I just wanted to put that. I just wanted to say that just for you, just to let you listen, yeah. <laughs> listen to that and enjoy it. Definitely um, my favorite line from yeah. the film. Do you have any closing thoughts on this one? <clears throat> closing thoughts. I don't know. We're just wrap, wrapping up. We're, we're an hour, <laughs> hour and Aaron, Aaron forty into the pod. So, so longer than the film. So we've we've we've. God damn it! <laughs> we've spent like we spent ten minutes talking about Ted Lasso. To be fair, so. Well, uh, again, I could spend two hours talking about him, <laughs> and that's way longer than that clip. But yeah. All right. I mean, it was a great film. It was good. Yeah. Um, Good for any soccer fan, I would say. Even yeah. if you just started liking soccer. Yeah, it's a great just a great it's a great film no matter what, but um for football fans it's a really um yeah, pleasant on the eye and you know, especially for particularly English football fans, it's it's really fun to see that see that seventies football and um, you know, certainly plenty of us have watched highlights and seen that, but just just seeing it stylized with um great cinematography and great, you know, you know, giving It'd be great if that kind of camera footage was around of um <laughs> of actual right. Chinese games, but yeah, um so yeah, it's one that I will um, raise my almost empty pint of Guinness to. <laughs> um, I I it's a film I absolutely love and adore, and just uh, find it um one that I can 
every time I rewatch it, it's just 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 wonderful. So yeah, it's been a lot of watching. Good watch. Um, it never gets old. So yeah, until uh, until next week, Shay, I'll uh, raise my pint, pour some. I'm gonna completely fuck this up. <laughs> I'll see you next week, Shay. <laughs> you weren't supposed to accept my bloody resignation. <laughs> Oh, Capiones, Capiones, ale, ale, ale. We conquered all of England. We're never gonna stop. From Manchester to London, we won the fucking lot. <laughs>